Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, where everything we talk about is aimed at helping you to lead with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and conviction, even in disruptive times. My name is Bridget, and I am joined, as always today, by Irvin, my good friend, my collaborator, my colleague, and my partner in crime. And Irvin, Mm -hmm. how the heck are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you, Bridget. It's... uh... A beautiful day uh, as we record this podcast, and uh, I am in the midst of uh, how would I say? I'm what's the big things? Well, I am every weekend now. I am transfixed by rugby. I am a rugby player. Oh, I didn't and know the that. World Cup is presently on, and I'm very happy to say that Ireland is doing very well. They're the number one team in the world, but they always tend to bomb out of big tournaments. So so far, they've held their nerve. I am a happy camper at weekends, so I, I just love it. That is fantastic. I didn't even know you were a rugby fan. Did you play rugby growing up? I did. I played rugby in school and college. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of remember that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get on track now, apart from from the rugby here. And (laughs) when you let us know, Bridget, what are we going to talk about today? All right. Well, today's topic poses a question, and that is uh, how smart is your team? And I think listeners are probably thinking to themselves, well, I think my team's pretty smart. I mean, I hired them and I hire smart people and I rely on them for their knowledge and expertise, right? But that's not the kind of smarts we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. So for purposes of today's conversation, we're really looking at or defining smart in this way, is having the ability to apply new ways of thinking in order to solve novel problems complex novel problems, right? Mm. And those kinds of problems are often referred to as adaptive challenges. Mm. It means we haven't really faced that particular exact challenge before. And to get it right, we have to adapt in some pretty significant way. And of course, we face these kinds of things, right? But we just went through a big one, and that was the pandemic. None of us had been through a global pandemic before. And it required uh, really new ways of thinking. Hence, it was an adaptive challenge, right? And I think, you know, Irvin, we we mentioned this VUCA world that we live in, the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. We mentioned that a lot. And I think being able to smartly face into adaptive challenges got to be one of the core skills for the future, you know? And and how do we do that? And, and, you know, in a moment, we're going to share with listeners the very good news of how you get better at that. But before we do, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about the difference between adaptive and technical challenges? Yeah, so adaptive challenges, just as as you kind of just mentioned there, these are the type of problems that a team probably has not faced before, or at least not faced in the same way. While a technical problem is something that we've grappled with previously and we can apply our current thinking, we can find a solution, and we're going to implement that solution. Now, just from those you know, two broad definitions, we can see that adaptive challenges are a little messy. <laughs> and it's going to require a little bit of time. It's going to require some new thinking, which tends to be multidimensional. It might not be linear, linear in the sense of A, B, C, D. We may have to go to A, E, B and, and rethink it. And, and so therefore, it's going to require a lot of curiosity. It's going to require inquiry just to navigate around all of this search into areas that we're not familiar with. 
You know, mm-hmm. I keep thinking, you know, of kind of like, you know, some of the introductions to the science fiction programs, you know, Star Trek, et cetera, into the unknown world, you know, <laughs> and, and it is, this is kind of, you know, into an area that just hasn't been explored. Whereas, you know, a technical challenge is easy to identify. We know like this is what we have to solve. And therefore this problem is, is fixed. It just requires expertise and planning. Adaptive is not quite clear cut. Sometimes we have to face a problem with adaptive thinking, we don't even know maybe what the full problem is or in the uncovering of what we thought something else comes up. Mm -hmm. And so therefore this, this curiosity, almost empathy as well to kind of take, you know, multiple points of view is, is, is really important. You know, and you mentioned, you know, the grand experiment um, that happened to the worldwide. I mean, there was never a time in the world where we all had to experience something the same and create solutions out of this enormous problem of the pandemic. And you saw both of those showing up yep. very clearly. And I can remember with clients as well. So like the technical challenge was, well, if people can't go into work, how do we communicate? And so there was a technical problem. And I can remember working myself, my own business and working with other clients, you know, well, We'll have to discover this new platforms, um, what online platforms, and then we have Zoom and we have Teams and and what about microphones and and clients where you know we'll send out people cameras and these so these are a technical problem of communication in a virtual world and what are the steps we need to take to make sure we can communicate. Mm-hmm. However. That also then created adaptive challenges. So just because you can turn on a camera and join a Zoom doesn't necessarily mean we understand how do we lead in a situation like that. And we have to rethink, therefore, a lot of different things. You know, what is it like to manage someone in a virtual world? What's it like to maintain some form of connection and camaraderie and, you know, and then now that, that the pandemic is over, how do we manage coming back to the office? What does that look like? How do I lead in the midst of that? And how do I ensure that we're upkeeping the company culture? And so I, I think that gives you a taste of the difference in that, especially with the latter, it's not so clear cut. There maybe are multiple answers, and it does require a lot of of different types of thinking and inquiry and empathy and all the different things that comes to the table. So, Bridget, does that resonate with you? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm thinking about the fact that so many companies have struggled with how do we handle the return to work Mm. and this notion that, you know, do we mandate it? Do we not mandate it? Well, yeah, let's do it because our culture's at stake. Or if we don't do it, how do we maintain it? I mean, those questions are tough questions to answer. Mm. And you know what? The whole question about how do you lead in a hybrid world? Some companies weren't even asking that. They just said, let's come back to work three days a week and we'll just keep leading the way we always did. Well, it doesn't necessarily work like that. So that's what makes adaptive challenges so difficult is you sometimes haven't even identified the problem yet. And then once you do, solving it truly requires a reorientation of behavior and sometimes even beliefs, Yeah. right? Like the belief around culture. We've always assumed that to have a strong culture, you have to rub elbows daily with people. But is Mm. that really true? Yeah. I don't know, you know? Mm. So- I guess we need to talk about if we're going to survive in a VUCA world, how do we get smarter at those kinds of adaptive challenges, right? Good question. All right. So here's the thing. Good news is you can actually help yourself and your team 
get smarter in this way. And it's not about who you are. Like, it's not about IQ. Oh, my IQ is, you know, this amount and it's not going to change. It's about what you do. It's a practice that you can adopt. And so what is this practice? What is this one thing? A little drum roll, please, Irvin. It's this. It's being more open to new ideas, new information, and new experiences. Mm. If you get better at that, you get smarter at facing adaptive challenges. Now, Mm. how do we know this? In a meta-analysis of over 1,300 studies involving millions of people, and this study was shared in an Inc. magazine article written by editor Jeff Hayden, This meta-analysis revealed that a willingness to engage and explore new experience and ideas is the only habit that is correlated and linked to intelligence and cognition. The only one, for sure. Mm. And so I think that's good news, right, Irvin? Because I can work on that. Yeah, totally. I I can't work on necessarily raising my IQ by 50 points. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I'm hanging around with you. I might be doing this, but... (laughs) So it's not about changing who we are. Like if if someone were to say to you, Irvin, you know what? You can get smarter, but you just have to learn to be more introverted. Mm. Would you do that? Would you try to become more introverted? Uh, I wouldn't know where to start. (laughs) Exactly. And if somebody said to me, you now have to become a full-on extrovert if you want to get better at adaptive challenges, I'd say, well, I'm I'm in bad shape then because that's not happening. Uh, All right. So- The other thing I want to share is that a series of studies, and this is interesting, a series of studies reported in Harvard Business Review also showed a willingness to change your mind Mm. is linked positively to having greater success and to being more adaptive. So in one example, they, they cited entrepreneurs. So this is an experiment. And entrepreneurs who adapted and changed their position during a pitch they were given were six times more likely to win the competition. Like that was just one example of it. So changing our minds is an indication of openness. And yet I think that is a hard thing for leaders because leaders feel like they have to have all the answers and they have to have the right ones. And if you change your mind, that means you're not very smart, but the reverse is actually true, right? Okay. So, Irvin, got a question for you. Mm. How would you assess your openness to new ideas, to novel approaches? Can you think of a time when you challenged your own deeply held beliefs about something? Whoa. So it's such an interesting question. And actually, I do have an example from the last six months, which is really interesting because, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, Hey, Irvin, are you open to new ideas, new information, new experience? I said, hell yeah, I'm (laughs) open, you know, and I, I am generally, and I think it sounds so easy. And yet there are moments when all of a sudden, boom, oh boy, you're not as open as you thought you were. So this came from, I'm actually involved with a, a new assessment for EQ that is coming out. It's just been released and it's really interesting and fascinating assessment and kind of groundbreaking. But I I was part of the training for this. I'm in the training. So the way that they did the training is that we did some sample debriefs. So in other words, they paired us. We had to debrief the person on their assessment. Now in the world of coaching, the 
way that we, this normally happens is that you get a copy off their, their assessment, you go through it, and then you go in and you have the debrief. So they were saying that's not going to happen. You're not going to get a copy. You just got to go in and you've just got to debrief them. Mm. And then they said that because so often we, we form a bias whenever we read the assessment and we want to, for, for you to feel what that feels like, not to go in and just have a conversation. Well, alarm bells went off. Wow. I could just feel my body reaction reacting to that. I could just feel, no, that's not how it's done. You know, this is terrible. And it was, it was so funny, my, my reaction to this. And so, you know, it took me a day or two just to kind of think, why am I, what's this all about? There's a story going on here, you know, and I think part of it was, it was an old story about wanting to show up as the expert and, and not willing to kind of trade that in. But actually the experience of it was quite wonderful. You know, and we had some powerful conversations and it it proved to me I didn't really have to have the assessment because ultimately what I really, the assessment is there for us to create this wonderful conversation of insight. And really, as a coach, the insight's coming from the other person. It's not me showing up as the expert. Yeah. And so it created for me a new way of thinking and a change of belief that obviously I was holding on to very deeply from my reaction, um, but wasn't quite aware of it. So I, I, I think that's something that just came to me in the last few months. And you didn't even know how deeply you were holding yes. that until yes. it got challenged. Yes, absolutely. It was a challenge to a belief. And I did initially, I did not take it well. <laughs> and your body reacted, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. In asking you that question, you know, I'm thinking, well, do I have an example? I would say that where I have changed in the last couple of months is my stance on the advent of artificial intelligence. Mm, Interesting. Because initially I read a lot. I mean, I saw, I read this article by the father of AI who said, we got to take a big pause and all these scientists signed this, you know, thing saying time out, you know, this could unleash you know, horrible consequences for mankind, yada, yada, yada. You know, I was just like, wow, I I think this is really scary. And I think we really should pause. And I began to see the negative over the positive, right? Mm -hmm. And my husband and I even got into a bit of a little argument about it one night over dinner because his stance is, well, the cat's out of the bag. So don't even think about the negative. Let's just think about the positive and how you mitigate the negative, right? Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, as I have read more and been exposed to more, I've begun to see some really wonderful positives that might happen. Mm. And my stance has softened. In particular, that young people, very young children who don't have a lot of money and don't have a lot of opportunity and don't have the money to pay for mentors may in the very near future have an artificial intelligence mentor. Mm. That's just theirs and is almost like a friend, but who can truly help them um, moment to moment when they're doing homework or tough problems and they feel frustrated, mm-hmm. you know? So now Love I feel a little more hopeful, but let yeah. me tell you, I yeah. like you, I was not happy about this and I was having a reaction. Yeah. So isn't it funny how we yeah. hold on to things yeah. more deeply? You know, one, one other thing as Bridget, I was just thinking as well, you know, was we'd be talking about uh, COVID and, and the pandemic, you know, a, a common experience, well, not common, but at least quite a few of my clients, one sacred cow that really was challenged was 
can people be productive from home? And oh, I mean, yeah. their their thing was absolutely not. I mean, right. if people are at home, they're just going to goof. They're going to watch soap operas all day. Yeah, they're going to watch soap operas, <laughs> or you're not going to have the same amount of productivity, and people will be distracted. And many of them came back eating humble pie and saying, "You know what? I've been proved wrong. That that was an idea that uh, was forced upon me, but now I have changed my stance." Yeah, that's an interesting example. I like that. All right. So let's say a listener wants to kind of step back now and go, huh, maybe they've gotten really curious about this. And they're like, I wonder how smart my team is in this particular way. Again, not intelligence defined by expertise and knowledge, but the ability to apply new thinking to novel challenges, right? Are there some questions that a leader could use either just with themselves or maybe even with their team to kind of step back and say, how good are, are, are we at this right now? Yeah. What do you think? I think they are. I, I can think of a few that are interesting and perhaps maybe even could be fodder for a team conversation. Any of these are, you know, because I think part of that is genuinely like, let's throw it out there and let's consider, you know, what's the evidence. So first question is, you know, you know, how often do we ask questions from a genuinely curious space? And I think that's important because so often our questions become very technical and we're looking for a yes or a no or a question that has a defined answer. And I think how open are our questions in the sense of do they really invoke curiosity? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to ask questions perhaps that we're not going to get to the answer right away? It is going to require some thought and maybe we won't end this discussion now. We have to carry it forward. And those questions are really important. Mm -hmm. A second question is, you know, how open are we? Mm. Now, the next couple of questions I would just you know, be careful. These are very easy to answer. Yes. And yet it's much more difficult to stand back and to really, what's the evidence here? You know, so how open am I to new ideas? And maybe think about when was the last time that a new idea was presented to you and how did you react? Because that's really the evidence here. And to really think about that, how willing are we to consider new ways of doing things? Do we dismiss things? out of hand, or are we genuinely open? I think a third question is, how willing are we to change our mindset? Oh, again, another question that's easy to answer. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm willing. And yet, you know, as I just brought up there, and I think you brought up as well, here we are with a mindset that was challenged, and all of a sudden, no, we're not willing to entertain that. And so I I think, can we let go of some of these sacred And then finally, interesting question, I think, would be, you know, when was the last time we admitted we were wrong Mm. and really acknowledging that we've discovered a better answer or maybe an answer that's more right. And I think that's really showing up as someone who is learning and adapting. And I think admitting, which is really important in the age that we're at, I think, you know, so many leaders feel, and it's such a burden, they feel they have to have the answers. And I think it's really important to know that we live in a world of such complexity now, it is foolishness to think this. And in fact, it is wise now to say, you know, I know part of the answer. I have something I can contribute, but I know that there's a bigger, bigger things to be considered and debated and to be curious about. And others have insights as well. And I think we, we leaders just need to lead by example in that space. Mm, those are great questions. 
And I could easily see how those could be something you would just reflect on yourself yeah, or engage with your team around it. Could be a great conversation at your next team meeting. Absolutely. Yeah. So Bridget, we always end our discussions with a core practice. So what are you thinking about today? Uh, What might be a, a good way of practicing some of these thoughts and ideas? All right. So today's practice, I'm just going to call it opening our minds. And it's a a reflection consists of three questions. You know how we love questions. And these questions are really not, it's, it's not the kind of question you ask and answer immediately. They require reflection. They require a little time. They require a little digging in to see what really comes up. And like the questions that you just shared, these questions could be just for you, could be a solitary practice, or this could be an interesting icebreaker reflection for an offsite, right? So I'm going to share the three questions. And as I do, just think about what starts to surface for you when you hear these questions. Mm-hmm. So number one, what is something I've changed my mind about lately? And what led to the change in my thinking? What is something that you've changed your mind about lately? And what led to the change in your thinking? And if nothing comes to mind, that in and of itself is interesting, is it not? Absolutely, yes. Secondly, what new ideas have you heard about lately that have really challenged your beliefs, your mindset, like really challenged, like, Irvin, your example, where you were a little shook there when they said, you're not getting this in advance. When was the last time you heard a new idea that really challenged you? Mm. Think about that for a minute. And then three, what's something that you got wrong in the past few months? Right? Maybe this is an assumption you made about somebody. It turned out to be incorrect. Maybe it's an approach you were so sure about would work and it didn't. Or a decision that you made that actually ended up not being the best one. And the thing is, is, you know, most importantly, what'd you learn from that experience? And that last question, what's something I got wrong in the past few months? Boy, again, that's a tough question because as leaders, we don't like getting anything wrong. And yet, if we're really, truly open to learning, we can see we do get things wrong. And the commitment is to get it better next time and to be in search of, I mean, true wisdom is being in search of the best answer we can find, not being stuck on the answer we have. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And last thing I want to share around this, Irvin, is something that came to my mind as I was listening to you. And it's a a memory of a leader I worked with who in a team meeting shocked everybody by saying the following, you know, when we made that decision years ago to do X, Y, and Z, and it was my decision, it was the wrong one. And I take full responsibility for that. I couldn't see it then. And I see it now. Mm. And when he said that, because it was a huge decision that had put the organization in a place of great vulnerability, you could hear a pin drop, Mm. right? It was a moment of, of strength. And Mm. I think a moment in which it set that team free to be more open, to challenge their thinking more. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that brings as well, Bridget, something to the fore, and that is, you know, part of this is not only the leader's willingness to ask these questions, but also their ability to create an environment where those questions become possible. And through their own honesty, in this case, vulnerability, just to lead by example, because I think that's really important as well. I think every, you know, I often say every organization is all culture around what happens when some, someone gets it wrong. You know, is it okay to change your mind, except all of that is unspoken about. So I think, you know, part, part of that is for a leader to, you know, to create, say, hey, you know what, it's okay. It's okay for us to, to, to admit when we get it wrong. And it's okay for us to change that. That's fine. Yeah. We, we yeah. don't always have to be right. Indeed, you got to start with setting the example first. And if you say, you know what, here's something I've changed my mind about lately. How about you? Yeah. What have you changed your mind about lately? That's a great conversation. I, I love that. Yeah, cool. Well, this has been a really fascinating discussion. I've loved this. We talked about, you know, the technical challenges and then some adaptive challenges. And and really, it's it's those adaptive challenges, which where we're at in the world today that are most important. We've looked about, you know, what, what's required, what, what kind of spirit do we have to bring into them? And we've reflected upon some great questions. So hopefully as you leave this episode today, I just invite you to take some of them. And the next time you meet someone, you know, use it as fodder for a great conversation. You know, instead of walking up to someone and say, hey, how are you doing today? You, well, you can say that and say, hey, you know what, here's what I'm thinking about today. How about you? I'll bet you you'll have a very interesting conversation. Indeed. Yeah. And remember, you don't have to become an extrovert or an introvert. All you have to do is practice, practice, practice being more open to new ideas, new experiences, and new approaches, and you will get smarter. Yay. Love that. Love that. Well, Bridget, thank you as always. Great conversation. Thank you everyone for listening, and we look forward uh, to our next episode with you. See you next time, folks. Bye-bye.